Hello, Scream Demons, and welcome to the Screens from the Basement podcast with Sam and Casey. This is a bi-weekly horror podcast in which two horror fans discuss all things horror, including news, recent watches, horror collectibles, and more. I am one of your co-hosts, Casey. And I'm Sam. And let's get screaming. Sam, we're back with another episode. A doobie-doo-filled episode. We should get that out right away. We need to make sure we talk yeah. about the movies. We're actually going to be talking about the title of the episode. Um, <laughs> it's 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 a Scooby-Doo-filled episode. Um, we've been covering Velma, I think, since the second episode is when we started. Yeah, second episode, I think. Yeah, so we've been covering so. that entire series, and we thought since that uh, at least the first season is coming to an end, why not talk do for two hours? Yeah, I mean, it's our fourth episode, and we're already doing our first like full-fledged Scooby-Doo episode. I'm sure there's going to be more, because I already have a couple of Scooby-Doo double features that I would like to... (laughs) I was just going to say, this is the first of of probably a couple Scooby-Doo episodes we'll be doing on this. I mean, at one point, this was... Screams was just going to be called Do-Heads, and it was just going to be Scooby-Doo anyways. Yeah. So, you know be prepared for quite a bit of scooby-doo we're just going to be sprinkling the dew from every every once in a while just dropping some dew in this show yeah drop some dew that's what we're doing we're dropping a big steaming pile of dew on you we're dropping maybe the biggest one you can because we are talking about scooby-doo the first live action movie from 2002 and uh fan favorites many consider the the pinnacle of scooby-doo movies Mm -hmm. scooby-doo on zombie island 1998 um we're talking we're we're coming out heavy hitters right away talking about scooby-doo i think yeah i mean spoiler alert both of these movies are five star bangers in my eyes so classics (laughs) i uh yeah i'm pretty stoked to talk these two um, I even watched a little bit other Scooby Doo stuff in the in the mix, and I know you watched stuff that kind of pertained to our last week's episode. I did <laughs> and I we did. both watched a new movie mm-hmm. we that got... also pertained to last week's episode? Yeah, I think a lot of this kind of comes together, which is kind of nice that we're talking Scooby Doo. Something in the news, at least two things in the news, I think pertain mm-hmm. to to Scooby Dooisms. Um, our doobie doing, I think we have some some in there too, and then of course the main topic. So, Sam, yeah, should we get into our seller news because we have some exciting things to talk about in this one? Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah, seller news, man. All right. First up, um, first up, we got James Wan's Atomic Monster Production Company. Um, they're teaming up with A24 to produce a feature-length The Backrooms movie. So, if you don't know what The Backrooms colon found footage is, it is this uh, YouTube sensation, I will say, that came out. Um, I think 2021 is when this came out, right around pandemic time. Um, and this is a, a movie made by a high schooler um, that is is all about liminal space. And for me, like when I think of liminal space movies, that's the first thing that comes to mind is the backroom is um, basically this character falls into 
almost another dimension and this other dimension is it's not like it's not star wars it's not star trek it's just this building with these tannish gray walls and you 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 can't find your way out of this this almost office space that's almost what it looks like um so yeah this is i don't know have you watched the backrooms found footage or or any like there's i know there's video games on it now there's creepypasta yeah there's all that going on with it so i feel like i don't think i've ever watched it but like i definitely was aware of it you know mm-hmm. um i knew what it was i just i'd never like gone out and watched it um i'm kind of excited to now just because if it's catching james wan's attention he's throwing money at it yeah and obviously like you've sung its praises i think actually that might be where i kind of first i feel like you've talked to me about this before probably um (laughs) but yeah i the thing that i really take away from this is like this is like a 17 year old kid Mm -hmm. who's making james on his break from school yeah that's insane that's insane yeah it's it's really cool like i i just i don't know i think there's such a vitality and like an earnestness to art that's made by extremely young people mm-hmm. and i don't know a 17 year old getting james wan producing a horror movie like i just can't even imagine what that's gonna be and I'm really excited to see what it turns out. You know, like liminal space movies, the, you know, the most recent example of this being Skin of Marink, I wasn't a huge fan of that. But that being said, it was an experience. It was one I was glad I saw in the theater. And I'm kind of excited to see this one in a theater. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I yeah. think this is cool. Internet horror kind of finally entering the mainstream because it's been around for so long and i think we've had oh yeah big hollywood attempts at it like the slender man movie which just Mm -hmm. didn't work no one saw it no one cared um so i think this is the the right the right mixture to to finally bring these to the big screen yeah because it feels different a little bit than like if it feels different than when like mama or lights out were picked up from those shorts, Mm -hmm. because I feel like those were short films that weren't necessarily meant for the internet. They were just short films. Yeah. Whereas while I haven't seen the back rooms, it's very much ingrained in like internet culture, which is something that I think more, uh, more horror movies need to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. And then you have other things like, I'm sorry, I, I know a lot of people like this movie, uh, Unfriended Dark Web, that just completely yeah. did not understand what the dark web is. So I, I think <laughs> yeah. we're moving in the right direction here. Um, first cat cameo of the show right here. First cat cameo of the show. Say hello, Boris. Boris has is, is made an appearance. <laughs> um, Boris, hopefully he'll be excited about this news. I don't think Sam is. But we'll see. Uh, this news is that uh, coming off the 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 legacy sequels of Scream and Halloween, I know what you did last summer is uh, having a legacy sequel, which is in the early stages right now with Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. in talks to return. Sam, Fred Jones, live action Fred Jones. He's back. What do you what do you yeah. think of this? 
I'm actually pretty stoked. I, you, you know, you and I disagree on the uh, the original movie. It's not my favorite. You really like it, but I like legacy sequels. I just do, you know. The Halloween legacy sequel was good. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre legacy sequel was good. I even kind of like the Hellraiser legacy sequel, even though Hellraiser is just not my franchise. Um, so yeah, I'm down for this. And Freddie Prince Jr. needs to be a more horror in general. Like I, I just anything he does in the horror realm, I'm gonna be there for. So I'm, I'm kind of stoked. I'm. I saw a tweet after this was announced that said something along the lines of if they're going to retcon, I'll always know what you did last summer. They should literally just retcon the entire movie after like the entire first movie after the first act and set it 20 years later and just bring back all four of them and just do it like it's a 20 years later story. And I was like, actually, I'd almost be more interested than in that than whatever they've got planned with just Freddie Prinze and Jennifer Love Hewitt. I don't know. <laughs> hey, but you, uh, yeah, you're, huh? I was going to say, you can even bring back, uh, if you retcon the second one, you can bring back Jack Black as the yeah. the, the hippie stoner dude. He can come back yep. uh, in this legacy sequel. Um, I'm ex- <laughs> tentatively excited for this. Um mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with this because I've I've seen the first two. I know there's, um, is it I always I'll always know what you did last summer. I think is yeah, the it was third like a TV one that, movie or something. That, yeah, none of the original cast is in. Um, I've never seen. Did that. Did you watch uh, the Amazon series? No, I've heard it's good. I, I've heard good um, things. Oh, it's it's trashy. Like oh, it's yeah. it's Pretty Little Liars type television with a gory slasher bent. It's garbage, but I love it. <laughs> I was really, I was really sad when they canceled it after one season because the finale is wild and it sets up a season two that I'm like, this is gonna be crazy. And then they canceled it. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. But I don't know. Hey, I maybe we'll get those ideas in this one then. I don't know. That would be cool. <laughs> um, I yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm all for it. Let's let's bring back. I know what you did last summer. Let's bring back Urban Legend. Let's get a sequel to Valentine. Let's do uh, yeah. Um, let's do all of them. Valentine all those, supremacy. All those those 80s or not 80s? Excuse me, like late 90s, early 2000s slasher movies. Let's bring them all back. Let's bring back Urban Legend. Yeah. Wasn't there? Isn't I think Eli Ross working on a TV show. Oh yeah, he is. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Things like an anthology, yeah. Urban yeah. Legend thing. Which that's still cool. That's still cool. Um, but the movie that uh, I know what you did last summer was uh, heavily inspired, and uh, pretty much the only reason those movies existed was because of Scream. Um, and no, we don't really have Scream news. We're not going to reveal who the killer is because the internet has. We're instead just going to yeah. guess who yes. the killer is. Sam, do you want to uh, set up why we are we're going to do a little Scream Six killer prediction here on this episode um, yeah. before the movie comes out? Why? Why the heck are we doing this? Well, I mean, for fun mostly, yeah. <laughs> but also because I don't know, we thought it would be fun to have a bet, have a little like pool or something, and uh, yeah, we're we're gonna predict who we think the Scream 6 killers are. Mm-hmm. And 
I guess we haven't set up like super solid rules, but essentially whoever's right gets to choose a movie for whoever's wrong to watch. And then we have to talk about it on the episode after we watch, you know, Scream 6. Yeah. Um, so so when the movie comes and if out... neither we... of us get it right, we've got a list of movies that are terrible that neither of us want Yeah, to I think we... I, <laughs> I wrote it down that we we talked about this, the, these two movies to talk about. So the, the idea is we're, we're each going to pick... I have two. I think you said you have two as well that you're going to guess for the killers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, whoever gets... I would say at least one, unless we have a crossover, then I think we need a tiebreaker. But yeah, um, yeah, we do need a tiebreaker. I think what maybe if it, opening what kill. If opening kill is the tiebreaker. How about that? Oh yeah, that would be good. That would okay. be good. Opening kill. Let's um, do that. Whoever wins gets to pick the topic for the the week, or excuse me, the episode after we talk about Scream Six. So we'll do a full spoiler episode on Scream Six when that comes out. We have another movie to pair with that. Um, but then the winner gets to pick the topic for the next episode. Or if we both lose, I think we talked about watching. God, why did we do this? Um, we're gonna watch the Gallows. One yeah, my, that's right. It's the Gallows double my, feature, isn't it? My one of my least favorite movies I have ever seen. The Gallows one and two. I've never seen the second one. Um, I I hope to God one of us just gets this right. I haven't seen either of them, but I've There's... never heard a good. I've never heard a single good thing yeah. about them. I don't like found footage movies. Like they, they always have an extra step to climb mm-hmm. to get me on their like on their side. And if this it's isn't a bad one that's going to get on your side, movie, yeah. Like I just, I will hate it. <laughs> All right, Sam. Um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first on uh, our predictions? Um, I can go first. Okay. So, originally, I was just going to guess that it was actor Matthew Lillard and Jesus <laughs> teaming up because they were upset that Steve actual Walker G- wasn't the killer in five. Actual yeah, Jesus, actual, correct? Okay. Actual Jesus, yeah. Because, okay. I mean, Jesus is obviously a Stu Mocker fan, right? Who isn't? Who isn't, yeah. yeah. Um, but my actual Scream 6 killer prediction, and this is going to be wild, but here, here's the thing. Okay. Uh, I think I think it's going to be Tony Revolori because okay. you don't cast him and not make him. I don't know. I just hope he's going to be okay. the killer. I could see him doing really well. This is mostly just what I'm hoping for. Okay. And the other killer, first of all, I think this is going to be a cult, and there's going to be a lot of faces. I think both um, maybe of us like background faces. Yeah, yep. we've kind of talked about this, and I I think it's going to be like a group of ghost faces, but like the people that are leading them mm-hmm. i'm gonna say it's tony revelori and hayden panettiere as kirby reed Whoa. i think she's gonna be a ghost face this Big time prediction around. okay i okay. think she's gonna be a ghost face yep okay um before we get to our tiebreaker i'll, I'll say my predictions for the scream six killers um i okay. also have tony ravioli Ravioli, yeah. <laughs> Reveroli. Reveroli, yeah. I always say it wrong. It's Ravioli. I love him though. He's I do so too. Good. He's great. Um, he plays Jason. I think that might be a hint at something. I don't know. Um, Jason Carvey. Like yeah. seriously, come on. <laughs> I, I, and yeah, you don't cast him in this to to be a good guy. Um, 
my other one um is 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 one of the older members of the cast uh dermot milroney i think uh, he plays detective bailey i think he's going to be one of the again like you i think there's going to be a cult of ghost faces yeah i think he's going to be part of that maybe related to a previous ghost face maybe he uh, yeah maybe he's the dad of um timothy oliphant i don't know who knows he's related to him that's my prediction he's related to timothy oliphant or his brother maybe his brother i I think that the ages might be close enough for that so that's my prediction for for that what's your what's your they've got a little bit of the facial similarity don't they yeah my guess that's my guess uh, who do you think is opening kill then for our tiebreaker in case um, we're both wrong on, on the killers? Here's the thing. I haven't watched a lot of trailer. I watched the the, the teaser for, that had the subway and then that first thing. I haven't yeah, watched like, that game too. spot. I haven't watched any of that stuff. And I only watched the trailer, like the full trailer once. And I was like, or maybe a couple of times the day it was released, but I was like, no, after that, I'm just, I'm not going to watch it unless I see it in the theater. So I have no idea if she shows up in different shots of the trailer, but I think it's going to be Samara weaving. We're not going to win on this. Um, that was my prediction too. I might that was change- your prediction too? I might change it this. then. How about we what? do this for a tiebreaker? Number of kills. Oh my gosh! I we better and whoever's closer. We better closer. write this down then. Okay. Yeah, I'll write it down. I'll write okay. it down. Okay. So, got killer predictions. Casey, and then me. Okay, my killer predictions were. Okay, how many are you guessing? And Tony, Casey, you said. Tony and and Dermot. Yep. Okay. And then um, I'm going to say I'm going to do 17. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have a 17. Yeah. I think we're going to get some, I think we're going to get some mass carnage in this movie. I think I'm going to go with 17 on screen kills. Wow. Okay. I'm not. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna go nine. <laughs> okay. Hey, that's good though. We have very different answers. Yeah. Which means one of us will obviously be closer. Yeah. Unless nine. is there a <laughs> unless if, there's thirteen kills. If there's thirteen, if there's 13 kills, kills, I think we're just watching the gallows. I guess we're doing that. Okay. <laughs> we're doing that. That's fine. That's if fine. there's thirteen kills, we're just screwed. <laughs> yep. Cool. I think we got some cool predictions there. I think so too. I think so too. All right. I uh my Kirby can I elaborate on Kirby? Sure. She's okay, so Hear me out. In Scream okay. 4, she was like one of my prime suspects. I was like, there's something like, there's something off, you know? And I even think in one, in the first draft, wasn't she one of the ghost-faced Possibly. faces? I think she was, and then it leaked and they changed it. I think her encounter with a ghost face, surviving it, made her obsess over it even more. Not necessarily 
like the horror movie side of it it made her dive into the true crime side of it and it made like i i think that's what's because she's from woodsboro she's living in new york city this is where this shrine is i don't know i'm just going off of like little things that i found in the trailer she seems awful at home in that one shot of her at the shrine <laughs> okay. so i'm just like yeah i i think i think it's gonna be kirby all right well that's we my will, that's my prediction we will see in what about a month's time a little less than that i think yeah um, who who won our scream six killer predictions yeah i'm excited for that it should be fun to to see how close we actually are yeah all right oh man that is it for for seller news um i guess yes. we just lumped the scream six predictions in there but i uh that that works i think that works for where it is so the news was that we had a bet. That well, was the, the news, news is that we had a bet. We're not going to bet money. We're going to bet our 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 pride in horror movies on this. Yeah, our our hard earned time <laughs> to make each other watch schlock one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> I I think if I pick a double feature, just just because, well, I don't know. Maybe you'll hate it. I hope you don't. <laughs> same here. Same here. Same. You- you still haven't seen my soul to take, right? I have not. <laughs> no. Oh man, I really hope I win this bet. I have a feeling we're gonna get some Craven and some Fulci if this thing gets going <laughs> one way or the Probably. other. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh so Casey, I got a question for you. Yeah. What have you been dooby doing? What have I been dooby doing besides watching some Scooby Dooby Doo? Um couple things i uh i had a follow-up couple follow-ups actually to to last episode that we did cabin horror um i watched rewatched actually cabin fever 2 um mm-hmm. directed by ty west um who's disowned this movie who has disowned this movie and i'm alongside with him i disowned cabin fever 2 this movie <laughs> is awful okay so the first time I, the first time i watched it i didn't hate it and i knew like the the ty west stuff of him like remove wanting to remove his name and stuff and the first time i watched it, i was like yeah this isn't that bad this is all right um watching it this time I'm like man this is barely a movie um it's this weird weird mid-2000s high school drama comedy mostly comedy with this poor jonah hill knockoff character um who just doesn't fit um or he, he he reminds me a lot of uh what's the guy who was in like he was in like hot tub time machine he had like the he was the younger guy with glasses you oh know, clark duke yeah yeah yeah, Remi- yeah one of the, the best friend character reminded me a lot of clark duke in this movie and like the annoying parts of clark duke in any movie yeah clark duke does like one character <laughs> yeah and this guy was trying to do that. Um, yeah, this movie's just not very good. Doesn't have fun kills. Um, the cop character that we love so much um, in the, uh, or at least I did in the first movie. Is he back? He's back. Oh, I loved him in the first. He was gross and creepy, but I he loved was. him. In <laughs> um, this one, he's just there. <laughs> and he's like the one trying to figure out where this, like where the water's coming from and why people in this high school are getting sick now and i'm like he has none of the weird quirks he had he's just there 
and that's and that's kind of it um this movie has one like really gross scene um involving the clark duke type character uh in the third <laughs> act of the movie um but besides that this is uh yeah awful i would disown it too if i was ty west um the other one honestly that just makes me want to watch it more (laughs) yeah you should watch it i mean i would if you're at least interested it's worth a watch i think yeah i i think i'm i'll check it out sometime soon um we both watched uh knock at the cabin the new M. Night yeah. Shyamalan movie. Um, we went out to the theaters for this. Um, it is becoming a, a bit of a Casey and Sam tradition to to watch the M. Night movies <laughs> in the theater together. We watched Old, which was so much fun. Uh, yep. Knock at the Cabin, very different. I would say it's different from any other movie in M. Night's filmography. It is pretty yeah. much a straightforward apocalyptic drama. And yeah. there's not there's not a, a whole lot of weird character talk uh, like like weird character dialogue like you ex- expect in an m night movie um there's some just downright incredible performances in this movie dave mm-hmm. batista is if anyone had a question before this who the best professional wrestler turned actor was you watch knock at the cabin you're like it's dave batista and then everybody else because he is so so good he just commands the screen um what stood out and my favorite thing in this movie is the camera work alongside batista's performance the camera work in this movie is just some of the most precise of m night's career um you're you're really you feel the claustrophobic nature of it where you're just kind of really stuck in this cabin with these people and that's you can't leave you can't go anywhere and i don't know the the camera work of m night is just incredible in this movie the third act falls a bit apart i think both of us kind of felt that it mm-hmm. does leave a bit of a sour taste once you get to the end and unfortunately i do tend to go by like the last thing you leave your audience with is what they're going to remember unfortunately he doesn't no pun intended knock it out of the park it's just Okay, that's that's a fine ending. Everything else was great before that. Yeah, I I think my thoughts almost exactly mirror yours. Um, I know you didn't read the book. No, and we talked a little bit. Like I I've read the book, and we talked after we as the credits were rolling. You asked me like how mm-hmm. the book ended, and I told you, and you're like, yeah, that ending's better. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Like the the ending that Shyamalan goes for, it, it like I hate to say it, but it feels like an easy way out. It feels very much like a well, this is going to be a wide release. We're not going to go with, you know, the the ending of the book, which is very much a yeah. gut punch. Um, and this one, this one like has a little bit of that. Um, like there's an upsetting scene, but then it's kind of just glossed over afterwards. And mm-hmm. it, it feels really like just weirdly like, I don't know. I was kind of looking forward. Uh, weird weird enough, I, I, I like, I don't like a lot of downer movies. Um, there are a few that slip past me. But I was very much looking forward to this being a downer movie, and it was not. Um, and that was a little weird for me. Yeah, it just also, doesn't doesn't nail the ending is all. I think uh, it goes a direction yeah. that, I don't know if it was M. Night, the studio, who knows, um, that wanted to go this direction, but it just doesn't fully land that punch, 
I think that they were yeah. going for. Um, um, watch the first two acts of this movie, though. It's great. Batista is giving like one of the. I mean, uh, I know it's early in the year, but and it probably won't happen because you know horror. But he should he should get an Oscar nomination next yeah, year. He, should. he really should. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I say that with absolute like sincerity. Like he is, he's just tremendous in this movie. Um, next up, I watched the the Pet Cemetery series. Uh, watched all three Pet Cemetery movies in a row. Um, started with nice. the first. I think the first movie is, man, I think it's top three Stephen King adaptations for me. I think it's so good. I love this movie. Um, I think all the emotional beats pack a punch. Um, I think the performances aren't great, like especially the the parents. They're a little TV movie, but I think that but adds to the charm. It adds to the charm of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Fred Gwynn, I think, is. I think he's incredible in this movie. I think he's great um, as Judd. I think he's he's easily the best actor in this movie, delivering the best performance and kind of he's the one adding levity to the parents who they're I don't know they, like I said they're kind of feeling TV movie ish, but him interacting with them elevates it to that next level. Um, I yeah. think the death of Gage works incredibly credible in this movie even more so the funeral scene is one of the most heartbreaking scenes to watch Very um upsetting. it is and i love that this movie is like first act kind of set up spooky spooky stuff of like okay the cat's back and that's kind of creepy kooky and he, he he's kind of a an asshole um then the kid dies. It's like, okay, this is a straight-up drama now. Did not see that coming. Third act is like, no, bonkers territory. This little little two-year-old kid is slicing uh, um, people's heels and uh, delivering lines that are so scary, but yet very cute. Like, now the, I play with you. First I played with Judd. <laughs> then I played with Mommy. Now I want to play with you. It's so great. Um, it is. Even his and like the little like his his no death. Fear. <laughs> no fear. Yeah. And he like stumbles <laughs> and falls. Like oh no. Ugh. God. Um. It's and also such a good movie. It is. And then the needle drop of the the Ramones Pet Cemetery at the end is yep. Chef's kiss. I I love this yep. movie. Five stars. Pet Cemetery. I watched uh, right after we watched Pet Cemetery two. And have you seen this Pet Cemetery? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm a Pet Cemetery 2 defender. Okay. It's it's, it's weird. I don't yeah. think it's as good as Pet no. Cemetery, <laughs> but like it's got some good stuff in it. Uh this is a first time watch. I had never seen it. Um having the characters in Christmas Bloody Christmas talk so highly about this movie, mm-hmm. I, I was finally like, "All right, I need to watch this." Um My god, this is a weird movie and not what I was yeah. expecting going into it. Um this is we should do an episode on this one but it's so weird we should. It, it has this awesome like 90s soundtrack clancy clancy brown is delivering just a super weird performance in this um that i was not expecting he's the, at he's all the best part of the movie whereas the first movie whenever someone comes back from the dead is buried in the pet cemetery comes back they're immediately like i'm gonna kill everybody this movie's like 
no, let's not do that. Let's just have them be alive. But they act super weird. And Clancy Brown knocks it out of the park. He's so great. Um, yeah, this movie is a ton of fun. I, I would recommend it. Uh, I don't think uh, Edward Furlong's very good, but I don't think he's very no. good in Terminator 2 either. And I think that's a five-star no. all-timer yeah. movie. Um, he's he's just as good in this movie as he is in that, I guess. I don't know. Um, can I Can I say, like, so the motorbike kill is one of my favorite horror kills of all time. I love it. And I thought they were going to riff on it in Halloween 18. When Dave is out smoking the J in the backyard and he goes into the shed mm. and he's on that motor, but like, he's like revving up the bike and he's got the joint hanging out of his mouth. And then he like knocks the bike over. I thought, Oh God, Michael's going to come up behind him and rev the bike and just smash his face. And when that didn't happen, I got a little disappointed. <laughs> I thought they were going for a Pet Cemetery 2 reference, and it really bummed me out when they didn't. <laughs> also, Pet Cemetery 2 has like a ton of references to other Stephen King things. I like that a lot. Yeah. Like there's a yeah. sh- there's a couple of shining references. Uh yeah, I I would recommend this movie. Just know it's not the same as the first one or the remake, which we also watched. Um I don't I don't love the remake. I like it. I don't think it's nearly as good. Um obviously the the remake changes um from from Gage being the kid to die uh, to die to um to Ellie. Ellie. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I know some people think that works better. For me, I like the other way around. I like like it being Gage. Um because for me God, like I don't know. It, it packs more of a punch for some reason, just because it is this child who has not experienced the world at all coming back. Yeah, and I feel that's scarier. Also, it goes the remake goes the Pet Cemetery two route, where Ellie doesn't start killing people right away. She has mm-hmm. other scenes. Um, also, I don't think this. The two like side things in the first Pet Cemetery and in, in the book, the Zelda and the, oh my gosh, the the Victor Pascal. Um, oh yeah, they don't. Victor could have not been in this movie at all for the remake. Mm-hmm. He's just hardly in it for no reason. And Zelda is a little too conjuring ish. Yeah, if that Which... makes any sense too, like supernatural ghostly instead of in the first yeah. movie where it's like oh my god and then you hear that story in the first movie of like her just wishing mm-hmm. her sister would die i'm like oh no why yeah the dumb waiter thing that they add is stupid it, i don't like is. that i think it's it's really funny because to me like victor and zelda are two of the strongest parts of the original yes and they're they're iconic you know victor's the poster image zelda is what stays in your nightmares for months afterwards and i feel like the guys that did the remake just knew that they weren't going to top that and so they just kind of made it very then just don't include it you know what i mean that's kind of what i thought i'm like it brings your movie down though just don't include it because i i didn't think the way they did it was handled particularly well it wasn't exciting 
um, and didn't add anything to it. So yeah, I agree. I, I really like this one when I saw it in theaters. It's diminished a little bit over the years in my view. Um, I still think the final shot is just killer. Mm-hmm. And I oh, laughed okay. my ass off at it in the theater and it people is. gave me some awful looks. But I'm like, that that ending is funny. <laughs> oh, the ending is, I love the ending of the remake too. And then again, the cover to the, the Pet yeah. Cemetery ne- ne- Needle Drop is awesome jason clark is also really good in this movie though i will mm-hmm. say that he's a much better um father he's super underrated i think still as an actor i think he's great in this movie i think all the performance in this movie are like are technically like from an acting standpoint better than any of them from the 89 i think mm-hmm. the issue is is it makes it makes it kind of a boring watch mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like I, you know, I, there's, there's also one other thing, the, the, the TV family that like yeah. adds a little bit of pop to the original. Um, There's one thing they introduce in this movie that I just don't think they expand upon enough. I guess, again, we should maybe just do a pet cemetery episode, but <laughs> we the, the, the kids that lead this kind of um, almost like a ceremony, for when a pet dies mm. and they're all wearing like these pet masks these animal masks they're cool in visual. one scene they're on one scene they're on the poster mm-hmm. and that's it yeah it's just it, it's literally for the trailer shot that's and what that, it is and that sucks because i think that's a yeah. cooler route they could have gone of oh no those aren't just kids from the neighborhood those are dead kids or something you know they could have done yeah. something with that or and they really something don't. with like the ritual like something more with it i don't know it was just uh and i know we get sort of i'm they kind of show a glimpse of like the wendigo yeah it's like very brief and it's not really touched upon i don't know i i i I, it's a fine remake it's not great it's worth a a watch i hadn't seen it since theaters i probably won't watch it again so yeah Um, i think i like it a little bit more than you but i i agree I agree with everything you've said. Last couple of things I got here very, very quickly. I'll try to be quick. I know I, I'll say that and then I'll just ramble on. Um, I watched uh, Joe Bob's uh, Valentine's Day special. Um, kind of like with any Joe Bob, I watched the first movie in that because yeah. I'm an old fart and I fall asleep after that. Uh, but the yeah. first movie Joe Bob showed was uh, Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. A when movie I saw... I've been trying to get you to watch for months. Uh, a movie that, uh, yes, as soon as it popped up, I'm like, oh my God, Sam, Sam's going to lose his mind when he finally hears that I'm watching Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. <laughs> um, you obviously like this movie a lot more than I did. Um, I thought it was fine um i'm not gonna say it's a bad movie because i had a great time and i think 95 percent of that is just watching it with joe bob though um and hear him talking about valentine's day and all the other weird facts that have nothing to do with the movie um as part of it uh also paulie shore isn't paulie shore enough in this movie um yeah, Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge is is it's Phantom of the Opera set in an 80s mall, the same mall from yeah. Chopping Mall. Um yeah. this would be a great double feature between those two. Um and Pauly Shore, uh, a favorite of, of ours, um yeah. plays this uh ice cream shop employee and has one the scene... eyeball gag halfway through. 
I didn't like I didn't like the eyeball gag because it, it. it doesn't do any like so his his thing was like putting like fake ears yeah <laughs> in the ice cream before and he gives one of the girls he's hitting on an ice cream and it has an eyeball in it and she just but it's a real eyeball yeah, yeah. and pulls it out and just like Uck, and throws it on the ground yeah and that Ew, was it buzz <laughs> and that was it <laughs> yeah but it was really funny so I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a it's a stupid '80s slasher movie uh, oh, with yeah. Pauly Shore, and I think that's all you can expect. And I kind of loved it's got it. Got Court from Jason Lives in it, and it has Max Dad from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, it does. So I'm all all for Luther McDonald being in more movies. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I'm just going to show these off because you saw these, Sam. I got some oh, yeah. Fangoria magazines. Uh, this is just like a Freddy's Dead special. I just grabbed it because my boy Fred. But yep. shout out to oh, uh, yeah. John Runyon at uh, Rainbow Comics for giving us the heads up on some Fango magazines. Um, yes. If I had more money, John, I would have come by. But <laughs> Oh, there's, there's, there's a lot still there. I picked through them and uh, John's husband, Ken, picked through the Stephen King one. So, but Nice. I don't know. Someone in someone in our area was selling off a bunch of fangos. So that's cool. Um, the last thing I had, I maybe we'll leave till the end of Doobie Doing. I guess was it Velma? Yeah, yeah. We'll save it to the end of mine because that's my last one too. All so. right, all right. Sam. Yeah. What have you been doing, Doobie Doing? Well, I haven't been Doobie Doing a whole. Well, I have been, but not in the horror realm. Uh. Life's been crazy the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I've only gotten in a couple of comfort watches, really. Um, I watched Chopping Mall again for like what's probably the 80th time. But like sometimes when I watch Chopping Mall, it's just like on in the background. Yeah. I like sat down and I watched Chopping Mall. I was like, no, I'm going to immerse myself in this movie for 77 minutes and forget my problems. And it worked tremendously because it's fucking Chopping Mall. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, one day we'll do an entire episode just on this. No double feature needed. Um, <laughs> I'm down for that. Um, but I didn't watch it solo. Immediately after that, I was like, you know what? I've got time for another comfort watch. And so I went for another doofy, stupid horror comedy. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's one of Christopher Landon's earlier works. And I love it. Scout's Guide to the mm-hmm. Zombie Apocalypse. It's such a fun movie. I love Blake Anderson's like cold open as the custodian yep. who's, you know, like singing the Black Widow. I did like the dance back when I was working in a high school as a custodian. And one time I got like literally caught by the principal of the school while twerking next to my mop bucket. <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> Honestly, it might be my favorite Chris Landon movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not, I I'm not a huge Happy Death Day person, yeah, and I'm not true. a not a big freaky person. This one, this one worked for me though. I like this one a lot. Okay, freaky is probably my favorite, but I think I like this one slightly more than the Happy Death Days. Although Jessica Roth is better. Than yeah, she's great. In this she's movie. great. In this. <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. I really love this movie. It's uh, it's one of my favorites. And then uh, after finishing Velma, which we'll talk about after this, 
I uh, I decided to watch a uh, another bad Scooby Doo movie. Okay. But one that I actually enjoyed watching. So I enjoyed the Cartoon Network live action sequel to their, you know, like the mystery begins. Yeah. I watched Scooby Doo Curse of the Lake Monster. Uh-huh. Which did you know Dean Cundy is the director of cinematography on that? I yeah. 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 Like, what? Dean Cundy shot this crappy little TV movie. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, Halloween. That's the budget was. Halloween, Jurassic Park, Scooby Doo, and what, what? What's it called again? Curse, of, Curse the, of the Lake, Lake Monster. Monster. Yeah, and like it's so funny. I feel like on the cover, on the cover of this, I swear to God, it's like Captain Cutler, like it's the diver suit, yeah, yep. right? But that's not the monster in the movie. The reason I put it on was because it was like, oh yeah, I forgot Captain Cutler was in this. And then about halfway through the movie, I'm like, wait a minute. No, it's like a weird demon frog thing <laughs> that possesses Velma. That's and right. Shaggy falls in love with her. It's it's a weird movie. It's wild. It's not very good, but I yeah. really enjoy it. So I, uh <laughs> I've seen both of those cart the Cartoon Network uh live action sort sort of prequels i think i think they're supposed to be prequels to like the, high school yeah to the to the at least the one that we're going to talk about i think they're supposed to be prequels to that but yeah i've seen those they're not i don't think they're terrible no they're not, they're not good and they don't have any money they're definitely tv cartoon yeah. network tv movies but i think they're oh yeah they're fun they're fun they're good little like three star you know throw them on in the background movies yeah um and it's nick Pilatus is actually a pretty good live action shaggy too he had yeah. big shoes to fill with matthew lillard but he's he's genuinely very good in these movies isn't one of the uh is it robbie amell is fred yeah yeah, yeah. robbie amell is fred he's pretty yep. funny in them too yep. and then uh hayley kiyoko is uh velma and she's yep. doing some wild stuff in this movie. i remember <laughs> liking the velma i thought daphne was really boring yeah, they just don't do much with Daphne in these ones, um, which is unfortunate. I mean, come on. You can't, especially when you've, you're you coming off of Sarah Michelle Gellar playing her in live action. I have a, I have like, a, I have a theory, and we'll get to it when we get to our movies, though. Okay, okay. But I'll, I'll say it now. The best version of Scooby-Doo is when Daphne is at her best that makes sense if they're actually doing something with daphne doesn't matter about fred or velma or even shaggy or scooby Mm -hmm. really if daphne is kind of a character who has character progression character arc and one you like to follow because both of the movies we're going to talk about have great daphne's yeah yeah i mean like even looking back on uh happy halloween scooby-doo her whole thing with elvira like it's funny like yeah Daphne, if they nail her character, she pops. And that's what I think I love about Be Cool Scooby-Doo is Daphne's character in that is an actual character. Mm-hmm. She's not just the pretty redhead that spouts expository. Yeah. You know, like, ah, yeah. I dig that. All right. That's a good theory. Sam. Actually, I think this theory kind of lends itself to, to this. Velma. <laughs> Velma, we're going to talk about the last four episodes here. Um 
I forgot what some of these episodes are at this point. Um, yeah. When we come back to the show, down to. I pulled it. I pulled it up. Um, the first one that we came back to since last episode was the Fog Fest. Yes. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so we get from there to the to the last episode of the series. Mm-hmm. What? I don't know. What are your What are your th- thoughts on these last couple episodes, or maybe just the series as a whole at this point? I don't know. Yeah, I think we can just talk about the series as a whole. I guess. Um, I think the best episode is episode six. I think that's the only one that even remotely tries to feel like a like a Scooby Doo mystery. Um, although I didn't mind the finale at times. Um. It's just, it's a weird show because there were things that I really liked about it. There were things, especially in the back half of the season that I was laughing at, um, that I was invested in. But for every one of those decisions, there were two or three more where it was like, oh, you went for the low-hanging fruit or, oh, like, this feels like needlessly aggressive to, like, the franchise, to the characters, to, like, even us as an audience. Um, And I, I don't know. I just... I was really hoping that at the very least Velma would morph into something that was like it was like Pretty Little Liars Original Sin or the Amazon I Know What You Did Last Summer where it's like it might not be like good but it's like kind of trashy fun Mm -hmm. you know and I just it doesn't get to that I don't know it doesn't it doesn't and I feel like they, they set up some threads for a season two which is now apparently happening they're apparently moving forward. I'm like, sure, take all three seasons of Close Enough off of HBO Max, but give this another season. David close Dazzle Enough off. rules. Yeah, Close Enough is awesome. Bring that back. Um, or let JG uh, uh, Quintel do do the next season of Velma instead. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, get some get some fresh blood in Velma. Okay, it, it, it needs it. it yeah. Needs it. Um. So there's my like not entirely scathing thoughts on it. I know you can rip this one a new one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So <laughs> I find it funny that when we started this, we covered like the first two episodes, and I was like, "Yeah, it's not." I'll, I'll at least it's not terrible. It. And I was like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> I'm stopping this show. Um. <laughs> and by the end of it, I'm uh uh. uh I'm like, man, this is this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. And you're like, yeah, why not do season two? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, yeah, okay, season two is coming. I'll watch it. <laughs> so by the end of the show, the entire mystery is that Velma's mom has gone missing. And we find out who the killer is, or the killer of these teenage girls is that's been taking their Velma's brains mom. and putting them into jars. Yeah. And yes, it's Fred's mom. And you yeah. could have seen that coming a million miles away. I had two predictions. The show does both and then cops out on one of them. One was Shaggy's parents or Norville's parents mm-hmm. does a terrible joke with that and then moves on and we find out it's Fred's mom. Um, I Her motivation's fine. I think it's fun. She just doesn't trust that her idiotic son, Fred, is going to be in charge of the company one day. Yeah. I mean, um, they rip it right from Get Out, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's literally just people doing Get Out. Yeah, and 
which is what get out was about was white people doing yeah i i think coming out of the show looking at obviously in any scooby-doo the mystery really doesn't matter it's about the characters and us having fun with fred daphne velma shaggy and scooby spoilers scooby does not show up in this show at all he's mentioned in this terrible joke with project scoob awful yeah the mystery machine sort of shows up by the end of this fred purchases it from it was velma's mom's car right or is it yeah something like that yeah um and they make jokes about it being uh like, like a pedo van like a pedo van you could get raped in it and i'm like this yeah. show hates that it's a scooby-doo show doesn't it yeah. and that was my biggest takeaway from from this um is that this show just hates that it has to be a scooby-doo show fred gets the only character arc in the show because by the end he pretty much disowns his family and is like i'm gonna go solve mysteries I'm like cool yeah. at least fred's on the right track daphne's back to square one nothing has changed with daphne yeah. she was supposed to find and- out who her parents are she found out and that was it and moved on and like and velma velma like started to grow but by the end of the by by the last episode she was being snarky and bitchy again with everybody and i was just like and doesn't have not what you just progression with daphne either which is what the entire series was setting up um and then and then there's norville I don't even know where we left off with him. Like that's how he, they just—he's boring. He—I wish—I wish he died. I was—I uh, <laughs> was hoping he—he he would die. He sort of saves the day at the end. He ends up being the one that uh, kills Fred's mom. Um, oh God, like, that's right. By dropping like a boulder on her. Um, yeah. And by the end, he—he's like trying to cope with that, and his dad's like, hey, "Have you ever tried weed?" Oh yeah, and it like that's just right. cuts to the next scene, and we don't ever get anything from that, um, yeah. because this show hates that it's a Scooby Doo show. Does yeah. set up that there's a, a new mystery to be solved in season two. Don't care. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not covering it on this show, Sam. I'm saying it right now. <laughs> I hate this show. I hate that I had to watch ten episodes of it. But you were the reason we had. I know, to watch uh, but episodes. I, I don't like starting <laughs> things and not finishing them. And we have finished it. This is it. it. Season one I done. Not watching anymore. I'm done with this show. It's awful. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, if I'm bored, I'll throw on season two when it's on. Like I don't know. Okay. Like I just I will. But it's not gonna like it's not gonna be one where it's like oh Velma season two gets such and such release date and i'm like marking it on my calendar because i don't care that much <laughs> yeah it's, it's not a very good show no. it's it's just not um i i think the thing that bothers me the most about its season two renewal is just the fact that we've had so many great things taken from us on hbo max and not, not just like canceled but just completely obliterated you know and I mean, or we didn't throw we didn't throw this in the news, but there was a Scooby. Two, there's been two Scooby Doo projects that have been yes. canceled, with Velma the possibly Scoob getting a, holidays. Yep, and, and a uh, a Hex Girls animated movie coming to yep. HBO Max that got canned um, before they got to the animation part of it. Apparently, the the voice 
acting has been done and everything like that. So, yeah, but we get Velma season two. Yay. <laughs> Woo. Woohoo. We put our hands together and we go, woohoo. Well, Sam, let's give a woohoo and jump into our main topic then. I'm going to start with that movie because we have to talk about. Uh, first up, we got to give a woohoo to 2002's Scooby Doo, the ultimate classic Scooby Doo. I love this movie. I know you do too. Um, on VHS. What's that? on vhs i'll be i'll be honest with you sam i didn't watch it for this episode because i have seen this movie literally a million times yeah that's fair um if you watched on vhs i was going to ask you if you fast forwarded through the credits to get to the deleted scenes at the end no mine does have the deleted scenes i have not watched i've watched them on the dvd but what oh my god dude so when i had this vhs that was like as soon as as soon as you got the smoke coming out of the tiki eyes from the little like post credit or the end credit scene with Shaggy and Scooby. Mm-hmm. I was hitting the fast forward button to get to watch the deleted scenes at the end. I thought a couple of those things were like I thought a couple of those scenes were funnier than things that were actually in the movie. Um, I loved those as a kid, especially the last one where Scooby fakes a heart attack to try and get out of. <laughs> out of the little like cage that they put him in mm-hmm. <laughs> then he like literally just like opens one eye to check <laughs> it's funny I, it yeah. I like okay so tangent sorry that 2002, was 2002 <laughs> scooby-doo the first live action scooby-doo movie um starring i mean there's so many great people in this movie i mean you get matthew mm-hmm. lillard as shaggy who has since become the next version of Shaggy. He is he's after Casey Kasem and who's the guy that did Shaggy in Zombie Island? It wasn't Casey Kasem. It was Oh yeah. Scott Eines. He did mm-hmm. uh, Shaggy in the, the kind of like the four straight to video Scooby-Doo movies around the Zombie Island late 90s early 2000s. Um and then you get Matthew Lillard who who was really He's voiced Shaggy pretty much ever since this this 2002 movie in uh, animated yeah. form. Um, besides Scoob um, and uh, Velma, I think, are kind of the only two he hasn't really done since, I think, at least Monsters Incorporated. Um, yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. as Fred Jones. Sarah yep. Michelle Gellar as Daphne. And Linda Cardellini as Velma Dinkley. And you get Frank Welker as Scooby Doo. Yep. Incredible. Um And you've awesome. got Rowan Atkinson as villain. Uh, yeah. Um he's awesome. You get Mr. Bean as the baddie. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> you also get Melvin Dew. Really? Don't you mean Melvin Dew? Don't you mean Melvin Dew? Um Sam, do you remember the first time you watched this movie? Did you watch this in the theater? Yeah, so I didn't go to movies a lot as a kid. Like, my parents just weren't theater people. But I was a massive Scooby-Doo fan. Mm -hmm. um, Mainly because of Zombie Island. Um, And we'll get to that later. So, like, that was... Zombie Island was, like, probably... Not my introduction to Scooby-Doo. The TV series was. But, like, that was where... 
it kind of went into a, like a full tilt obsession. Like I was watching all the movies and stuff. So when this one came out, my parents took me to it. Um, and yeah, it was like, it was like a Sunday evening and, uh, they, they, uh, they took me to it after we had had like dinner at my grandparents and the weird thing about this is like we went back to my grandparents to pick up my little sister after the movie and that was the day that Dale Earnhardt Jr. died because they were watching that NASCAR race when we got back from the movie I was like riding high I was like yelling zoinks and shit and I like mm-hmm. ran into the ran into the living room and like all of them were just like stone-faced and sober and I'm like whoa what's going on <laughs> really yeah so it was it was a weird experience, man. Um, I love this movie though. What about you? What was the first time you watched it? Do you remember? I, I don't remember. Uh, my parents, like yours, were not theater goers, um, so I did not see this in the theater. Um, but I watched it on VHS and then DVD religiously because, like you, I was mm-hmm. a I was a Scooby Doo kid. Um, yep. I, I watched the the original animated series. I watched the the late '90s, early 2000s, straight to to video movies like Zombie Island and Alien Invasion, yeah. which is Ghost. I, I had watched those. Um, then, obviously, this movie added added to that Scooby Doo love that I that I already had at that point, um, and watched it religiously. I have a certain certain movies that were on our. My parents always had a minivan that had a dvd player Mm. or i think maybe even earlier a vhs player in it and i had a certain rotation of movies that were always in in the car it was the in the car movies and scooby-doo was one of them so i watched this movie just religiously on on road trips so yeah this this movie holds a very special place in my heart and one that like you has added to my scooby-doo fandom yeah Oh my gosh, yeah. This movie just, I remember sitting in the theater and seeing the WB logo come up and getting that bite taken out mm-hmm. of it. And then just the, I'm like, I mean, it just, it, it blew nine year old me's fucking brain out. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, what, what is this? Like, I'm watching my favorite dog and he's real. And I mean, you know, he's CG, but he was real. Yeah. <laughs> It was so cool. <laughs> and I think, okay, so I think the MVP of this movie, and I think you're going to agree with this, is Matthew Lillard. Yes. And he's the reason Scooby-Doo works in this movie. Because obviously the, the movie has 2002 CGI in it. It's yes. not great. doesn't hold up. It's Scooby still better is, than the Cartoon Network one, though. <laughs> yes. Scooby-Doo is fine. The monsters are not good at yeah, all the monsters are very weightless which is fine they're mon- they're the monsters yeah. in a scooby-doo movie that's fine but scooby-doo yeah. you still need to believe is there and is a character interacting with everyone and the reason yeah. it works is because of matthew lillard and i think yeah. that's such a hard thing to pull off and he pulls it off miraculously in this movie sam go into your spiel on matthew lillard because i know you have a maybe a hot take but i agree with it I genuinely, so I, here's the thing. I almost researched and looked up who was up for Oscars the year this movie came out. It doesn't matter. But I don't care. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Matthew Lillard should have won. I guess it would probably be best supporting, right? Like he's not a lead. It's a non-stop. Scooby-Doo is the lead. Yeah. 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 So 
Matthew Lillard 100% should have won Best Supporting Actor this year. He gives one of the most, like, uncanny performances. He transforms into a cartoon mm-hmm. character. The mannerisms, the voice, everything about him is everything you love about the beatnik that you've only seen in two dimensions so far. And he brings depth and humanity to him. And he's acting alongside nothing. And there are multiple moments in this movie. The the scene that gets me is when like he's trying to rally Scoob to run out before the sacrifice. And he's like saying this stuff like, who's my best pal in the whole world? And like he's tearing Mm -hmm. up. And it's just like waterworks, man. Anytime. I'm just it is one of the all-time like greatest performances in any movie. I genuinely and and it's so funny to like watch his interviews because he's like, Oh, I don't know, I don't really have a process. The cameras start rolling and the spirit of Shaggy just like possesses me. And I'm like, Yeah, it does. Like, I just I don't know. I'm just I uh there's no one that has translated a, one character from one medium to another as well as Matthew Lillard has done it. And the fact that he is now the voice of Shaggy just goes to show you, like, he's, he stepped into Casey Kasem's huge shoes. Like, and I know that, you know, Scott Ines did some stuff between them, but, like, Casey Kasem was Shaggy before. Yeah. Matthew Lillard, you know, and I mean Casey Kasem still is Shaggy, but like Matthew Lillard is just as much Shaggy now. Like they're both synonymous with it. Mm-hmm. It'd be like if someone was cast as Tony Stark in the MCU, like what four years from now, which will probably happen. Um, and they were just as good, and all of a sudden everybody was like Robert Downey, who you know, like mm-hmm. it's insane. I yeah. I genuinely like I've never never seen someone commit so hard to a performance that that's literally for a movie that's super goofy and doesn't need it, but he's giving it his all anyway. And I was just gonna say there's there's a heart and a humanity to this movie too, and it's because of Shaggy. Even in mm-hmm. the 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 scene we kind of made fun of while introing the the two movies here was the. A woohoo! <laughs> it's so great because he's the one still. So the movie opens. I guess let's let's jump into the movie because uh, this movie actually has a plot for a Scooby Doo movie. Um, yeah. So does the next one. Um, but this movie, the Wow op- Toy Factory, opens at the toy factory. Um, we get this incredible ghost in the beginning of this movie. I think it's one of the coolest looking Scooby Doo villains. Um, obviously, yeah. old man in a mask it gets revealed um and we kind of get the archetypes for each character daphne's the the damsel in distress velma's the brains of the operation fred is the one that takes the credit and Shuby, scooby and shaggy are the ones are, are the ones that catch the villain by accident and it's it's the yeah. archetype you come to expect from scooby um and Fred gets to get interviewed by Pamela Anderson in the first five minutes of this. This, and for some reason, she has the mystery machine. Why is she driving this, Fred? Yeah. Who gave her the and keys? The guy in the ghost mask. His motive is literally Pamela Anderson. They're like Smithers wanted revenge after he refused to go out with him. Why is he haunting a toy factory yeah. then? 
It makes no sense. Did he know she was going to show up in the mystery machine? (laughs) And his, his like, whole line delivery of, like, loved you, Pamela, or how could you, Pamela? (laughs) I'm a lover boy of George Clooney in proportions. (laughs) (laughs) That cracked me up as a kid, and it still cracks me up now. I also so love that stupid. that Fred is signing these autographs, and there's someone with a uh, with an ascot. Yeah, and you, <laughs> nice ascot. Nice ascot. <laughs> um, and you know. immediately uh, this movie opens with the Scooby Gang breaking up. I mean, yeah. something you would not expect from the first live action Scooby Doo movie. If anything, you'd want to see them like getting back together. No, this this movie and the James Gunn script relies yeah. on you know scooby-doo already we don't need to set up these characters you know who they are they you know their archetypes but what kind of story can can we tell in live action form um when we break the scooby gang up and so they all go their separate ways um today go ahead one of my favorite lines in the movie i'm gonna stop and talk about lines for a while because i quote this like you know religious wingnuts quote the bible um this is our bible sam this is this is our Bible. Um, love comparing everybody to different parts of a banana split, and a all of the stuff is gross, like not <laughs> stuff you would put on a banana split. But also, he goes, "Fred, big banana." <laughs> Junior just goes like, <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> "I'm just like, you know, as a kid, like." funny line reading and you giggle because like haha big banana I guess as an adult it's like oh fuck that's like really funny (laughs) oh and there's a lot of those as soon as the group breaks up we get Scooby and Shaggy smoking (laughs) something in the mystery machine it's so great Uh, and just smoke rising from the mystery machine incredible visual um also and making like, nasty food toasted <laughs> <laughs> eggplant yeah. baguette with hot sauce <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so yeah the but... scooby gang's gone their separate ways they all come together almost immediately at the airport um I'm trying to remember what everybody's what what is Velma doing at this point? Because Daphne's gone off and become like a martial arts badass. Fred is has written the book Fred on Fred. Many faces of me. The many and faces he's on, of yeah. me. He's on um, the lecture circuit. So Scooby Velma, and Shaggy are just like they're just hanging, hanging out man. in the mystery machine. Yeah. Materialism's not really our bag, man. Yeah. <laughs> um no Velma, and this is where the deleted scenes come in because each of the each of them have like a flashback in the sequence um okay. that was deleted I I from the movie those, but yeah but like yeah velma in the movie it's like in the in the theatrical cut it's really funny she says like well i've been working for nasa but more importantly i'm on a journey of self-discovery and fred responds with wow nasa <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's the best but the flashback with Velma is even like it it's so funny. It takes away from the joke a little bit and the timing, which is probably why they cut it, but like shows her in a therapy group and she's talking about her her um her time with Mystery Inc. 
and everybody starts talking about all their favorite people in mystery Inc. they're like oh yeah like that stoner guy and his big dog and everybody and like everybody's chiming in about like fred and daphne and all of a sudden the therapist leading the group goes hmm i don't remember a thelma <laughs> it cuts back to her to fred going wow nasa <laughs> it's, oh man yeah i i love the airport scene i i think it's so funny it's so funny like bringing all of these characters back together after you know they've presumably been gone for they're away from each other for two years and uh, just seeing how their dynamic has shifted and it's like, oh, this isn't the Mystery Inc. gang mm-hmm. that we remember. They're all peeved at each other and they're all, now two years later, except for Shaggy and Scooby, are all very different than what we kind of remember them as, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, okay, like we said, we got uh, the the first stoner joke almost immediately after they split up. We get the next one yep. on the airplane <laughs> where Shaggy gets a seat next to Mary Jane and that's like his like, that favorite, is my name. favorite name. <laughs> and it is Shaggy Dream Girl named Mary Jane also eats dog food like he does like a bunch of weirdos. But they're 100% vegetarian <laughs> and I love them. <laughs> yes. Yes. The the Isla and like Isla Fisher is so good in this. Mm-hmm. She that was this was the first thing I think I'd seen her in, and so when she yeah. started popping up in like other things, I'm like, oh hey, it's Mary Jane from Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how she'll that's who she'll always be to me, and she's been in like iconic stuff like yeah. way more than this. But I just no, she's Mary Jane from Scooby Doo. Yeah. She's burned into my brain as Mary Jane from Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So the movie is uh, the again the plot of the movie is the Mystery Inc. All members all get invited to Spooky Island, and <laughs> one, how has Universal not made this an actual like theme park ride? Yeah. Because if there was yeah. a Spooky Island amusement park, I think that would go over crazy um i would love to oh, visit yeah. there i want to go to this place It'd be awesome oh it's the coolest place like i would have loved to be on set for this movie yeah. the sets are so cool um and we get introduced to rowan atkinson who we later figure out <laughs> is is the villain of this movie mr bean is the bad guy but he's not who you would expect yeah because <laughs> he's scrappy <laughs> Okay, we don't need to go beat by beat of this movie, but, no. but yeah. since we're there, Scrappy do as the bad guy, Sam. I think it's inspired and hilarious. And even as a kid, I thought it was really funny that yep. Scrappy would be the villain. Like I I'm I'm a Scrappy defender. I actually I like love Scrappy. Scrap. I love Scrappy. I, I think he's really funny. I love the I love the movies where it's just him, Shaggy, Scooby. Mm-hmm. And then there's like some of them where it's just the three of them and Daphne. Yeah. And I love those episodes. Like those are great. Um, yeah, I'm a Scrappy fan, but it's really funny to take a character that is like mostly pretty hated by the scooby-doo fan base i guess i feel like we're in the minority on scrappy um but to take 
someone with that kind of like a character with that kind of reputation and make him the main antagonist of the big screen Mm -hmm. debut of your franchise is really funny this is also and you can correct me if if i'm wrong sam this is the last time we've seen scrappy do i believe so yeah although he does make an appearance in the comic series scooby apocalypse okay that doesn't count but that doesn't count no but that is a great comic series if you haven't read it. It's that, tremendous. That seems insane to me that Scrappy-Doo, who is a character that is really ingrained in Scooby-Doo iconography, has, oh, yeah. hasn't has appeared in a Scooby-Doo TV show, straight-to-video movie, Cartoon Network movie, HBO Max series, anything since 2002. It's been 21 years, Sam, since we've seen Scrappy do. It's time for justice for Scrappy. Hashtag justice for Scrappy. Hashtag justice for Scrappy. Or HBO Max execs, if you're listening and you want a Scrappy do spinoff to Velma, hit us up. (laughs) Um, We'll only have him pee on Daphne once. (laughs) He'll pee on everyone. Um, He's peeing on me. He's peeing on me. You are marking your territory. (laughs) The line that gets me, and I never I never even noticed it as a kid, but the line that gets me in the van now is when he like literally grabs his own crotch and goes, you don't have the scrope for this job, Pally. I'm like, in a family movie? like, <laughs> oh, There's a lot they get away with it in this family movie. But like, scrote? I don't know why, but that <laughs> word is so like jarring to me. I'm like, what? Why would you put that in this movie? It's so funny. And if if rumors are to be believed from Sarah Michelle Geller herself recently, there's a lot more of this movie that we have never seen, uh, yeah. and I think we need there's that a steamy Daphne Velma scene. I guess. I guess I and I presume there's more out there too. Then. Oh yeah. Um, I would love to see like a big box set with this movie and monsters unleashed together and include all that stuff and maybe like include james gunn's original like r-rated script for this movie uh i think that'd yeah be pretty cool. make it like um, a big gift set for the yeah. oh shit well it's past the 20th anniversary of the first one now uh 2024 yeah yeah um because yeah there is so much stuff in this movie i love the when when fred and uh velma get mind controlled uh in this movie <laughs> where everyone is talking like that like what and i was like later on <laughs> what's up dog and dog <laughs> it's such a great and then, like, parody of 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 early 2000s late 90s teens and i think it just completely nails the type of like the slang of the time while overacting that type of slang too oh 100 because it feels like how they do it it genuinely feels like a monster from like a different world or realm or whatever is trying to be a teenager from that era from and the it's 2000s. really funny yeah yeah i love um and i love Thelma's, like Linda Cardellini is just it's great Willard I think in this she her her like line delivery when she's not possessed anymore and she's trying to go after Daphne the like 
yo yo you yo like the uncertainty in which she's like saying it is so great like uh and then the whole body swapping thing i'm a i'm a sucker for body swap comedy Mm -hmm. so the reveal in the theater oh dude like nine-year-old me lost my fucking mind when freddie prince jr's voice came out of daphne like i died man i died and went to scooby heaven (laughs) Fred keeps touching me. <laughs> also, I mean, this movie is one of the reasons I, I if, were Freddie Prince and Sarah Michelle Geller already married because obviously they had done. I know what you did. I think they were at least dating by this point. I don't know if they got married before or after this movie, though. Yeah, it was either right before or right after this movie, though. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, there's a lot of chemistries. Yeah, g- great in this. Um, we also get Sugar Ray during the <laughs> possess Sugar Ray. Possess Sugar Ray. You're only gonna get that in 2002, Scooby Doo. <laughs> I love how like Daphne's like kind of into him, right up until she sees the green eyes, and then she's like, "Nah, I'm out." Yeah, and it's not because it's fucking Sugar Ray. <laughs> Like, oh, Daphne, you could do better. <laughs> you can. Fred's right there. <laughs> uh, let's bring up another cast member we haven't talked about yet. Miguel Nunez Jr.? Miguel Nunez um, as a voodoo. He's like a voodoo <laughs> character that lives on the island? Like, he's yeah, not part probably. of... So I assume this amusement park is the entire island. That's what I've always taken it as, right? But he's like the one hermit that just wouldn't move off the land or yeah. something. And he's so funny. Like, and the character, you could maybe make a case for it being a little problematic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of a stereotype, but he's really sc- funny in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's also a Scooby Doo yeah. movie. Like, you can't take anything in this too seriously. There's. Yeah. Sugar Ray is, is a character <laughs> in this. <laughs> Like his whole like, I used to I used to do his uh his scene with Daphne. Like I would literally do both parts on the playground to make people laugh because I just knew it heart for uh-huh. like word for word, you know. And I love the gag where he's sacrificing like a supermarket chicken. Yeah, <laughs> but that chicken's already dead. Oh, I know it's dead. You think I didn't figure that out when I saw it didn't have a head? You smart little girl. <laughs> funny he is super funny in this i love okay again so back to i'm gonna go back to my daphne theory Mm. okay because in this this movie the her whole thing is that she's always the damsel in distress in all the scooby-doo mystery ink situations she's always the one that gets kidnapped and has to be rescued by the rest of the scooby gang um I love the the subversion of that in this movie. We get the fun haunted house stuff, which we'll touch on more. But at the end, she's the one that gets to have this like cool badass fight with this wrestler that works on the island for the yes. bad guys too. Um, and and she delivers uh this this the awesome line at the end of now who's the damsel in distress? <laughs> me, me, <laughs> straight up, straight up. <laughs> And then she just like kicks him down the shaft and like 
he lands like his back lands. Oh, he's impaled. On those, like, he's impaled by I'm those like, spikes. Yeah, he's dead. I'm like, yeah, she killed he's him. Dead. Daphne yeah. murdered someone in this movie. <laughs> she straight up killed a man and he's saved dead. the day doing it. She did. She's also a murderer. She should probably get arrested, but um, <laughs> she also saved the day. Um, but okay, so we get the like fun amusement park, the fun rides stuff. Um, again, that's the stuff I want to go on if Spooky Island was ever a real thing. Oh yeah, it it looks so much fun. Um, you get okay. I, I need to hear your thoughts on this scene. The fart contest. The fart contest. Can I, can I go off on a tangent? Yeah. So when I was a kid around this time, I was getting like, I was getting hospitalized every once in a while for like asthma attacks and shit, you know? And that, uh, that always sucked. Well, one time, I don't know why, but I was in the hospital for like an asthma thing. And I got really gassy one night, like uncomfortable, bloated, like, oh God, I can't do this. Like this hurts. And they gave me some sort of pill. And I started farting. I farted like nonstop for like four hours straight. I'm talking like 10 seconds max between farts. And I took that opportunity to do that whole scene in my room for my nurses. Like I literally did the whole scene farting and like tensing my butt so it would actually kind of sound like it. I had complete control of my gas. It was weird, man. It was like one of the best nights I've ever spent in the hospital. I'll tell you that. I laughed myself into like an asthma attack again, though, but <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> I'm not stopping until your first singed off. <laughs> so I take it you like the farting scene. I love it. This is a five-star banger movie. I understand why people don't like the farting scene. I think it's hilarious. I I don't love it, but I also think it is very funny. Like, it's not what you, it's not the humor Scooby Doo is known for. Yeah, but I think it's really funny. And again, it's because of Matthew Lillard that yeah, it's really funny. Lillard sells it. The like, the like thrusting out his butt with <laughs> the lifting like the one leg and like tapping it over. So good, it's legit. Just like, uh his performance in that scene is as unhinged as his Stu mocker in the third act yeah. of Scream. There, I, I am convinced Stu and Shaggy are the same person. He just went oh, yeah. off to the to the Scooby gang after. Yep. Uh, I think this is around the time we get maybe my Fred, my, my favorite Fred line in this movie. The dorky chicks one? Yeah. <laughs> the dorky chicks turn me on too. Yeah, I'm a man of substance. <laughs> Pretty much the archetype for the Fred we get in the Velma TV show is yeah. Freddie Prince Jr.'s version, just the actual R-rated version we get in Velma. Um, yeah. Freddie Prince Jr., I think, is super funny in this movie, too. Oh, yeah. His whole, like... Like, coming up to that girl's, like, boyfriend or whatever when he's signing the magazine, and he goes, good-looking guy, because he's dressed just yeah, like Just him. like him. <laughs> It's so funny. And and his oh god, his line from earlier. I'm sorry, we're hop skipping around oh, a that's lot. Fine. But like people have seen his, this uh, movie a million times just like us. 
his his interview at the beginning where they're like what's the secret to your success and he goes teamwork i do a tremendous amount of teamwork <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it just anytime you get freddie prince jr's fred on the news in one of these movies it's comedy gold because mm-hmm. they run that gag in the second one too where they keep taking him out of context and it's really funny every time he uh, this entire cast i think they're all incredible in their roles i think they're all oh they are so great um i think there is okay i'm not going to touch too much on the second one but i'm just going to briefly say i like the love interest in for Velma in Monsters Unleashed a lot more than in this movie. Um, yeah. It's just kind of there in this movie. Um, Seth Green is much more of a dynamic character in Monsters Unleashed and fits mm-hmm. with Velma a lot more. This is just some rando on the island. <laughs> this is just some guy with a goatee and a Led Zeppelin shirt that yeah. just keeps asking her like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> What's up? Yeah, he's just giving her attention. Like, he, who is this guy? Why is he here? Why do we need this? And there's like no reason except for the weird scene at the end where like he's like, "You saved me," and then he like goes to like kiss her or something. She gets here fogging up my glasses and like punches him in the chest. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah we just didn't need him. I think that's the one thing in this movie. Where I'm like, eh, oh, I don't need that. Yeah. It's, it doesn't take it out of five star territory. No, 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 no. But it's just the one thing where I'm like, yeah, that 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 yeah. just, just could be gone. Bring in yeah. Seth Green earlier. I agree. I agree. I uh, I also think like the soundtrack to this is just the best mm-hmm. thing ever. I still listen to this when I'm at work all the time. I love it. Uh, I love that it's like a blend of like uh, of like late 90s early 2000s hip-hop and like pop punk and you've got a little like like a like a girl band pop in there with like bump in the night playing over the over them running out of the haunted Mm -hmm. house after the chase sequence oh my god this soundtrack just rules also whenever it it has a musical cue of the scooby-doo theme the Mm-hmm. like it like i don't know it's like the spider-man theme in sam raimi's spider-man yeah. or something you know you know it's the theme like oh I, like you get chills when you hear it come up yeah yeah it's so great it's so great i so much like as much as this subverts and like kind of upends a lot of the scooby-doo tropes it does it with so much love for the franchise. Like it's very clear that this is made by people who genuinely love Scooby-Doo and want to make something that honors it, Um, which is where it differs from Velma quite a bit. Yeah. I was just going to say this, this is the exact opposite of Velma of this movie. Love or the creators behind it. You can definitely tell love Scooby-Doo. They're like, how can we kind of modernize it? make it for a new age maybe add a little more of the adult elements to it but keep the core essence of what people love scooby-doo because like you look at this and let's say you take off all the costumes of the characters and you put them in a group and you line them up you ask someone on the street they're still going to figure out that this is fred daphne velma and shaggy unlike where you're like i don't know who those people are yeah 
other characters they're not they're not the scooby gang where this one does so well in just capturing the magic of of that yeah oh 100 percent like it still it still makes like some of them slightly unlikable especially at the beginning yeah you know like they're not exactly likable characters but there's always a little bit of heart in there you know Mm -hmm. and i just I feel like that's what Velma was missing. Velma was missing the heart. Yeah. There just wasn't anything there. And I genuinely wonder how much of that is just the lack of Scooby. It is. I mean, it, it has to be. Yeah. Part of it. Like, right? it, it. Part of it, at least. Yeah. Because it's. I mean, Scooby-Doo is the. He's the. He's the, obviously he's the main character. He's what the entire franchise is named after. Um I think there is a way to do it without Scooby-Doo in it, but you have to make sure all the other characters are still the same, and that show just didn't do that, whereas this show completely nails that and adds adds in, like we said, Scrappy-Doo into this, where he's still he's still that same Scrappy-Doo, because I could see the animated Scrappy-Doo turning into this little asshole. He's the same Especially character. when he turns he into the, the big same monstrous character. version. Yeah. He's still scrappy, even in monster form. Yeah, I love that cave stuff. It's a again great set yeah. in this movie. I love it. Uh, I love the tank that <laughs> where all y'all the, like... do the electric slide. <laughs> I love that all the uh, the souls, the container that all like the the souls are inside of. I think that is a great uh, prop and great looking set. Um, I also like those effects. I think those effects hold up relatively well. I do think it's weird that Velma doesn't weird, have. But... Yeah, I I think it's weird that Velma doesn't have glasses. Yeah, I do I too. Remember, remember when I was a kid, I was like, "Who is that?" Yeah, and I mean, I get it because it's like, well, ghosts wouldn't wear glasses or it's whatever. Also, I guess I don't know, Scooby-Doo. but it's also Scooby Doo. Um, and it would have been funnier if she still had her glasses as a yeah, soul. and I. I love Fred's like somebody spiked my root beer last night. <laughs> Talk me down, man. Talk me down. <laughs> protoplasmic head. That's still the best looking protoplasmic head here around, right? <laughs> <laughs> like he's still just concerned with being the best looking. <laughs> All uh, right. Uh yeah, we talked. I mean, we talked about the ending. Scrappy Doo is the the big bad. Uh, we get homeless Rowan Atkinson just crawling out of the sewer out at the end of this, <laughs> like Matthew Lillard's expression when he hugs him and he's like smelling him. It's really funny. Uh, just yeah, there and then uh, obviously the Scooby Gang they finally get back together. Fred recognizes everyone's uh kind of role in the team. Yeah, and that's that's Scooby-Doo. and they do their woohoo hoo in front of all the television cameras, and then there's the hot pepper scene with Scooby and Shaggy yep. as the end credits play, and it's still like my favorite. I that might be my favorite part of the whole movie. I don't know why. I think like everything. I watch the extras in that scene, and I think even the extras are really funny. Yeah, and just I don't know the back and forth. The like stretching out his tongue and like layering it with ketchup is really funny it's like sizzles and steams <laughs> and then just the garçon two more they like <laughs> crack them open and cheers them and then you just see him like gulp them down 
exterior shot smoke coming out of the tiki eyes. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I'm not gonna try not to go back to Velma for everything, but that's what that show was missing too. There was no like food, like weird food yeah. being eaten in that show. Yeah, even when they like briefly mentioned the like Norville's YouTube channel, he was eating like shrimp chips. Like, and I, I was like, try- that's not weird. Yeah, I want to try those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I usually want to try all the things that they make. That's like, true. I'm not going to lie. A chocolate-covered eggplant burger with hot sauce. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to try all the Scooby-Doo food sometime. Oh, God. That would be a fun, like, mini-series we could do. <laughs> Just for, like, the YouTube or something. Yeah, that'd be funny. <laughs> Uh, Sam, final uh, thoughts, 2002, Scooby-Doo. We, we both gave it five stars, but... Yeah, it's a perfect movie. Lillard should have won an Oscar. Um, you know what, while I'm at it, I'm just going to throw Linda Cardellini in there, too. Linda Cardellini should have also won an Oscar. And I mean, should have gotten best visual effects. This should have swept. Should have swept the Oscars in 2002. I don't know what the Academy was should've. thinking. Yeah, this is a... a it's my I mean, favorite movie from 2002. Um... Yeah, I mean, I don't. Two thousand Spider Man came out in two thousand two, so I don't. Between those I like two, it more that's Spider Man. That's that's. <laughs> I mean, man, two thousand two was a very important year for my my movie watching. Yes. Between this and and oh. Sam Raimi's Spider Man, so. Percent. I'm just saying, I didn't watch Sam Raimi's Spider Man until the VHS tape like completely just got gone. <laughs> This one, I I went through a couple. <laughs> also, both had great sequels in two thousand and four. So, yes, they did. Um, yeah, this is this is a great movie, all timer, one that I will continue to watch forever and ever. I love this movie. Um, another movie I love though, Sam. Let's get to our second movie, our double feature, nineteen ninety eight, straight to video, Scooby Doo, on Zombie Island. One of the most iconic covers from my childhood, Sam. Yes. Obviously, we didn't watch this in the theater because it didn't come out in theaters. Yeah. Um, my yeah, I my the first time I watched it. Do you? I don't remember mine. I do. Do you? Okay. You no, I, I I just remember that this was just a, a on loop movie that I had on VHS and just watched. Okay. So I think is it, it was sometime in grade school. And I can't remember what grade, but we were, it was like one of the end of the year things we were getting out of school early or something. And so like the teacher was like, we're going to watch a movie. What does everybody want to watch? And a bunch of kids want to watch Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. I had watched the TV show before, never seen this movie, but someone brought it in on VHS and I, you know, being me, I like went up and I looked at like the VHS cover and I was like mm-hmm. looking at him like, oh, this looks great, you know, and. We watched it and it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is not the Scooby Doo that I know. Like, this is terrifying. And it freaked me out. And I did not want to watch that movie for a long time afterwards. And then I finally got it on like DVD or VHS or something. I think VHS. And yeah, after that, it was just hook, line, sinker. That paired with uh, The Witch's Ghost just completely hooked me as a scooby-doo fan and then mm-hmm. from then on it was like every straight to video release um 
whatever it came out around, whether it was like my birthday or Christmas or, you know, whatever, like I knew that my mom was going to get me a new Scooby-Doo movie because it was like, that was, God, there was a point where that was like all I was watching was just a different Scooby-Doo movie every night. Yeah. So. What I'll say about kind of this era as a whole of Scooby-Doo, I think you, I think we're lucky because I do think in most Scooby-Doo fans, young and old will agree. This was like the prime era of Scooby-Doo because we had these, the four main core straight to video movies that really launched everything that we got after that. We got, you know, Scooby-Doo on zombie Island. Uh, What is it? Cyber chase alien invasion Um, and which is ghost and which is ghost. And all of those were outsourced to like a Japanese animation studio, which is why the animation looks so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we got those from 98 till I think 2002 was the last. I think so. It was like 2001 or 2002 because it was Cyber Chase, whenever Cyber Chase came out. And then we get the live action two movies. And between the two live action movies, we get what's new scooby-doo which was my scooby-doo yep. series that i watched besides the original one on a on a repeat um yep. i had like the vhs tapes with like five episodes of yep. it on all the time yeah and like yeah. i think that's just the the prime era of scooby-doo because you had scooby on on the big screen you had scooby-doo on tv you had the incredible straight to straight to video movies um and they all kind of fit in the same vibe like they all didn't feel too different from one another either like you you could yeah. tell all of them are very much i don't know part of the the same franchise and not trying to deviate too far from the core scooby-doo elements um why this movie is so iconic and the one that has always stuck with me since then is because you there's the Scooby-Doo trope of you take off the mask, it's an old guy in the mask. Mm-hmm. Whereas Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is like, nah, these are real. Not only are there's the no zombies mob. real, we're going to have these werecats in this that are doing voodoo to the Scooby gang and have resurrected all the, the, the zom- like zombies. And it's like, this is some weird, weird shit going on in a Scooby-Doo like- movie. Someone talked to, like I was looking at Letterboxd reviews and there was someone that was talking about how this is essentially just like a kid's like a, it's like Fulci made an animated yeah. kids movie. And like I know Fulci's a big blind spot, but yeah, that's pretty much what this is. Like I know the Fulci and like feel I've seen a bit of Bava and I definitely get mm-hmm. a little bit of Bava influences in this. Um and I, yeah, I love it. Like I just and rewatching it just reminded me of how uh I don't know, just how like kind of fucked up this movie is for a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. Like the mystery ink gang starts melting at one point. Like you start seeing their skin start to melt off their faces. They're gonna like die. It's, yeah, it's it's intense. I, oh god, the the weird cats, they freak me out. Can you imagine being Shaggy and Scooby not knowing that there's even like they're running from zombies. They don't know that there's weird cats. <laughs> the one guy that can get them off the island all of a sudden just bursts out in fur and fangs. Like I would have probably keeled over and died right there. Just heart failure. Like 
that this movie it like i can't even stress i went home and like i slept with the light on after i watched this at school i'm like how did they let us watch this in school yeah. This, uh, so like as a kid again this movie came out in 98 i was four years old when this came out probably saw this 98 99 for the first time so four or five years old um watching this i also remember around this time watching hocus pocus for the first time mm. and again that has some scary elements in it too if you're that young and yeah. i definitely hocus pocus and zombie island are the two movies i think that have helped shape alongside like goosebumps books and other yeah. scooby-doo movies uh my love of horror especially as a kid and i think it's i don't know this era the 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 90s into the er, very early 2000s is like prime kids horror era because oh, you yeah. have so much going on you have the goosebumps books you have um the tv the the goosebumps tv show and are you afraid of the dark is on you have the scooby-doo movies you have uh hocus pocus even halloween town to an extent yeah uh, on, on the disney channel is going on at the same time i think this is just I'd such a such a cool era parts of halloween town that scared me as a kid yeah yeah so halloween town 2 is still kind of scary I don't know if I've seen. No, I have seen two. It's just like their masks. Like you turn into the monster. Oh, and like yeah, the mom like turns into messed. a like a uh, goblin witch. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, that one is freaky. Um, I love that this. So this movie opens with pretty similar to the 2002 movie. Yeah. With the Scooby Gang solving a mystery. Um. <laughs> an old white guy in a mask of yeah. course and we get the the reveal and then uh we get and i think again uh the the pop pop music elements that we see in 2002 scooby-doo and what's new scooby-doo with the simple plan opening of that tv mm -hmm. show kind of starts here with zombie island where you get the yep. cut to this updated version of the scooby-doo theme song yep yep 100 percent and you get the Scooby gang solving all these other mysteries and they get bored. They're bored with it. Cause it's just the mm -hmm. same thing. Old guys in the mask haunting an amusement park or a, a, a giant mansion or something like that. It's the same thing you would see in the animated series. And again, they go their separate ways yep. immediately. And again, I'm like, James Gunn, how, you like Scooby-Doo on zombie Island, don't you? Oh um, yeah. 100%. The, 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 the 2002 movie is directly influenced i mean they split up they get back together to go to an island where the monsters turn out to be real and the monsters are actually kind of well i guess the monsters aren't really victims in 2002 yeah. they're also sort but of cat looking in the 2002 movie too they are yeah <laughs> a little bit uh I again, I like the characters where they go when they split up too in this movie because Velma becomes a she, she owns her own mystery library like that's her job yep. she she sells mystery books uh, again Daphne uh, my theory I think is proving to be true in this movie too where she is a uh, a TV host um, what's what's her show called again it's Coast to Coast, Coast with, with Daphne, Daphne Blake. Blake. Um, and Fred is her producer slash cameraman. Yep. And, and Shaggy she... and Scooby are doing 
security at an airport sniffing out contraband food. Yeah, I was going to say contraband food. <laughs> and then they, they eat I, all the food in the break room. And they get fired. I yeah. love it. Like, you guys ate all the contraband? A couple of Gorgonzolas left. <laughs> you two are a couple of Gorgonzolas. <laughs> and again, I think not just think, uh, that is def- definitely a reference to these two are stoners. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, and <laughs> but unlike the 2002 movie, it's not like they, they went their separate ways because they didn't like each other anymore. It was, they got yeah. bored. They yeah, it's like an actual the Scooby gang. It's a good, it's a good reunion when they, when they get back together. Um, and it's, it's like, they're trying to chase that, like, that, that feeling of the old days. Yeah. But then once again, it becomes too much like the old days and they're getting disheartened, but you get that cool montage with like terror time, you know, cause it's terror. Like this is one of the best soundtracks of any yeah. of the direct to video Scooby-Doo's. I love it. Um, we also get that song again over the credits of this movie. Yes, yeah, and it's worth it, it's worth it because like it's a banger song. Oh, it is a banger it's, song. Yeah, it's like the best Scooby Doo chase song. I would say it's like number one. Yeah, it's it, yeah, incredible song, incredible soundtrack for this movie. Um, but when we finally get to, they're in uh, they're in New Orleans. Yeah, New um, Orleans. You get a whole bunch of like cool, spooky, like New Orleans type of scenery. And the best part, this movie is so full of fucking food porn. Oh, so much. Like every every scene of Shaggy and Scooby eating is like mouthwatering. Especially for me, I love hot stuff. And the amount of hot peppers oh, yeah. and like hot sauce they're putting on things, I'm just like, Ah, give it to me. <laughs> also, Scooby Scooby is kind of a jerk in this movie. He steals Shaggy's <laughs> food all the time. All the time. He hates cats. He hates cats yeah. so much in this movie. Yeah, it's weird because like I feel like it never, never really a, a character quality in any other Scooby Doo movie that I can really think of. But yeah, I mean, the 2002 he's movie. Just, he's he goes after true. a he cat does, in the airplane. On the plane, yeah. <laughs> Sick grandma. Bad grandma. <laughs> Bad grandma. Don't eat the kitty. <laughs> uh. But Zombie Island just, it rules because you're out to the island and like all the spooky things are happening. You're, you're on the plantation. You get introduced to, you know, Lena and Simone, who are definitely lesbians, by the way, like oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know Jacques the ferryman. Mark Hamill voices Snakebite Scruggs, this cranky old red herring. <laughs> uh huh. Um, incredible. Uh, again, incredible cast in this movie. The cast oh, yeah. rules. Uh, Jim Cummings plays the uh the the not the pirates. He's he's the 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 captain of the ship. Uh, Jim Cummings, who is coming to Supercon. Uh, is playing playing the care the the captain of the ship that turns into the other werewolf. Yes, 
Um, we should bring our uh, zombie island VHSs <laughs> to we get should. them signed by him. Man's not in great think condition. We'd be the only person? So yeah, we will. Yeah. Um, and you can immediately tell he sounds a bit like Pete in this. Um, but yeah, the the entire voice cast I think is is just so damn good in this movie. Oh yeah. Um, we have Frank Welker. Um as as the voice of of just fred in this correct yeah who voices scooby in this one let me pull it up um like i said it's uh is it Ines or inus that scott inus yeah scott inus um that plays uh shaggy he also played scrappy in the uh, 2002 movie we should also throw that out there so he's no stranger yeah. to the to the, the 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 scooby-doo franchise uh billy west plays shaggy um aka fry fry from futurama is shaggy in this movie um oh my gosh yeah who oh yeah and adrian barbeau is yes yeah so cool like having a having an actual like screen queen horror icon voicing the main villain in a Scooby-Doo movie is so dope. Um, Mary Kay Bergman is Daphne, who who voiced her, I believe, in all of these uh, straight to videos. B.J. Ward played Velma. Um, also, kind of uh, voice actor royalty. Tara Strong plays Lena, the, yep. the 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 character who who brings them all to the island. Um, the honeypot. The the honey pot, uh, Harley Quinn herself is is in this. I mean, there's so many great people in this. Oh movie. yeah, this voice cast is just incredible. Stacked. Um, I think Billy West only plays Shaggy in these movies too. I think so. I think you're right. And I think he's a great Shaggy. I think he he nails it in this. Oh yeah, he these movies like he. He definitely like he sounds different than Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem definitely had more of like a throaty, yeah, kind of like there was a gravelly quality to him that I think has kind of been phased out since he's not been in this role. I feel like Shaggy's getting a little bit more like high pitched mm-hmm. and less gravelly. Um, which hey, you know, different strokes, right? Like I I don't think that we've mind we've we've had a bad shaggy voice before but i won't say who it is because i don't like trashing stuff <laughs> but <laughs> i'm not think... counting velma as okay, a shaggy okay. voice because he's, they don't even he's call normal. him shaggy he's normal yeah, he's normal i'm thinking a different shaggy but i i i like this actor and i don't want to call him out <laughs> yeah 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 um he's much better as mcgruber um yes <laughs> agreed <laughs> he yeah. Uh, okay. So there's a there's a couple points in this where I remember it had been a couple years since I had watched this, um, but I vividly remember as a kid there's a few scenes that terrified me, and when they get to the island and things start to happen, there's a point where uh, they believe it's like ghost activity where they're catching real ghosts on camera, um, and it says. Get, get out, out is and written then beware uh written on there um but after that the, you know the group starts to to figure out what's going on 
and they finally catch like their first zombie. And Fred is like, well, it's a guy in a mask. Like it's always a guy in a mask. And, and Daphne's trying to rip off. rip the mask off. And she's like, I don't know, Fred, this feels pretty real. And Fred does it and rips the guy's head off. And yeah. as a kid, that that terrified me of, oh, no, like the realization of, no, it's not a weirdo old man in a mask. It's that's an actual zombie. And the Scooby gang is going up against a bunch of them. Yep. Yep. It is because it's like, you know, the cool thing about the movie is it pulls the trick of like the zombies aren't the actual bad guys. They're yeah. they're actually trying to help them get off the island before they meet the same fate. But when you don't know that, especially as a kid, you've never seen the Scooby-Doo gang go up against a horde a real... of anything before, yeah. especially not of real monsters. And it's like, oh my God, that's, it is, it's a terrifying, it's just, it's a terrifying premise in general, but the way they do it just adds extra gravitas to it because it's just, it's so well done. Mm-hmm that even as an adult now like it's suspenseful the third act when i was re-watching this like i'm like i mean i've watched this movie god knows how many times definitely triple digits and hello boris another another cat cameo another cat cameo boris get down <laughs> the, i was gonna say the thing that i think works so well and why it pays off so well and that it's real monsters real real zombies real cat werewolf uh werecats in this movie is that it sets up like it's a normal scooby-doo mystery we yep. get the the gardener is set up to be like oh no that that guy's the killer that guy's the 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 go the the ghost pirate he's the one haunting everyone or it could oh, be yeah. mark hamill's yep crocodile dundee <laughs> yeah <laughs> Or it could be the, the the ship captain, or it could be one of the, the the ladies on the island too. It could have been any of those, and it does a good job of setting up everyone. Um, oh yeah. Instead, it's no, it's it's just actual zombies, and the caretakers of this land are these women who um, who have been here for hundreds of years and feed off tourists to keep them yep. young and beautiful. Um, yeah what a what a weird premise like, for a kid's movie and it's a tragic backstory too because like they didn't get these like they didn't get this curse because of any particular get down <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get this curse because they were like they were greedy or anything it was literally they were trying to protect their people mm-hmm. you know but over the years that trauma has like manifested itself and turned them evil like they're they're horrible people at this point because they're luring innocents into their deaths and i it's just it's such a fascinating movie because there's there's like actual critical analysis that you could do like deep critical analysis on the on like generational trauma and like the cycles of history and it's sorry and it's yeah it's just uh i don't know it's just an interesting it's so interesting that a kids movie that went direct to video in 1998 
is still prompting discussion like this. You know, there's there are very few direct-to-video movies in general that can do that. But this is one of them. This is like this is a movie that deserved to have a theatrical release back in its time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um because to me, this is as good as you know, Mask of the Phantasm or you know, the Iron Giant, even like I genuinely like I put this movie up with those direct to video or not. It's it's just it's tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, I think it's the pinnacle of Scooby-Doo. I think it's the best thing of Scooby-Doo, including all the TV series, the live action movies, all the straight to video movies. I think this is peak Scooby-Doo for me. Because it has all the elements that we love. The characters are still kind of the archetypes of the Scooby gang. Velma is still the one, you know, solving the mysteries and figuring out the suspects. Fred is still kind of the airhead leader of the group. Daphne in this one isn't really the damsel in distress. She's the one that's like leading the gang together. Um, she's the one that yeah. really is like, I need to catch something real because like we need to prove ourselves as an actual detectives as actual crime solvers and we need yeah. a real monster if we're going to be monster hunters we need to catch a real monster um and scooby and shaggy are still scooby and shaggy and mm-hmm. the real humor comes from those two and constantly eating throughout this movie yeah. every time we need a little bit of levity there's scooby and shaggy eating like that's like the sucking comedic down movie. crawdads or yeah. eating hot peppers or slurping down pole boys. <laughs> I want those peppers off that island. Oh, me too. You know, it's so funny too. Fred even eats in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's like scarfing beignets down in, and I, I mean, I've been down to New Orleans. They do have the best food there, and beignets are delicious. So, like, I, you know, I know what it's like to have your lips covered in frosting and your face <laughs> stuffed with beignet like <laughs> yeah i was gonna say the, the shaggy and scooby are rubbing off on on fred in this movie <laughs> yeah he was in the back of the mystery I was gonna say, with them before he has he's it. getting a little contact high <laughs> um yeah so like also we, we briefly touched on uh the voodoo dolls there's a voodoo aspect to this movie too like 2002 scooby-doo um more so in this one where there's actual voodoo dolls of fred daphne and velma and using like pieces of their clothing and 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 stuff and like you said there's a point where and again it's comedic too that scooby and shaggy are running from the zombies and the werewolves werecats um and they keep running over the scooby gang's voodoo dolls and yeah. bringing them closer to the fire and the the rest of the scooby gang starts to melt like you see their skin yeah. starting to like crinkle and melt and it's it's terrifying it's, it's unnerving yeah it's so disturbing it's like it's like house of wax levels of disturbing like the 2004 one mm-hmm. just the kid-friendly version of jared uh, padalecki's face getting peeled off <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, and one of the best things, I, I love 
when movies incorporate that the villain's downfall is always that they underestimate Shaggy and Scooby. Mm-hmm. I think that's like Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed, like the second live action movie with Lillard. I think I think that one does a tremendous job with that kind of plot thread. And I think they do it here too, to a lesser extent, where, you know, Lena even says like, those two numbskulls, we didn't even make voodoo dolls for them. T- waste of time and magic wax. And then they come in and they screw the whole thing up. Yeah. <laughs> they're, the, get, they're the reason everything happens. Yeah, they're the reason everything happens. And I guess Velma sort of does that too, but it doesn't feel the same. But she couldn't have done it without them knocking the doll closer to her, yeah. you know? And no, no, so no. The, just, TV sh- just... the TV show Velma. Oh. Because yeah, Shaggy is the one that, yeah. that does it, but it doesn't feel the same because it's just yeah. not Shaggy. It feels anticlimactic. Yeah. I think that's the thing like when you there are things that you're talking about with Velma that I don't even remember and like I watched all of these I was I was pretty invested in this show especially in the second half but man there are things that I just you say and I'm like oh yeah that did happen Mm -hmm. and it's just like the show has just exited my mind whereas like zombie island after one viewing was seared into my brain like it's iconic you know there's there's something that pops with it that just you know and not every scooby-doo movie has that either you know like there there are definitely ones that are more just like oh that's that's a good two and a half three star movie like it's fine um yeah but i don't know one of my favorites uh and one that I, I hope one day we cover on the podcast. I love Scooby-Doo and the Monster of Mexico because I was like a big Mexican food person as a kid, you know, well, even now. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, that one just always made me hungry. I remember <laughs> I remember like so many microwave burritos being made while watching that movie. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, this movie does a great job of that too. And again, incorporating New Orleans food into it, like we said. Yeah, that again, giant pole boy. Like, I mean, obviously it's an exaggeration, but those pool boys down there are huge. Like, they're massive sandwiches. I I got one, and it lasted like I had a huge metabolism when I was like when I was that young and down there. It it lasted me three meals. Those po' boys are huge. We should go down to New Orleans sometime for this uh, whenever we, you know, get money. <laughs> and uh, and we should do like a real life ghosts or hauntings of New Orleans because there's stuff down there oh, all over. That, It'd be so much fun. That's a that's a city that is on my my bucket list to, to visit. Yeah, it'd be, I think it'd be so cool to, to go to New Orleans. And I think this movie does a great job of capturing that in it too uh more yeah i I would love to see scooby-doo return to to new orleans in another another movie speaking of returning though have you ever seen return to zombie island yeah it's grown on me okay the first time i watched it i did not like it at all i was like this just isn't good it's just replaying the hits second time i watched it i was like "Eh, you know what this wasn't half bad i think i ended up giving it like three stars or something like that um, I, have, I have never watched it i might watch it just because i've watched this original one recently um i haven't heard great things about it though and maybe it's, it's just fine yeah and that's what i've heard it's just, 
it's kind of it, weird that not... they're cashing in on zombie island i don't know and not and doing it right that's kind of what it feels like is it's more of a we're making this movie to kind of press your nostalgia buttons but there's not much more to it than that yeah. um This isn't a good comparison for you because you actually like this movie, but it's kind of the Force Awakens of the direct-to-video Scooby movies. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's good, but I could just watch the original. Okay. <laughs> you know? I don't, because Force Awakens rules. Um, <laughs> yeah, Scooby-Doo, zombie Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Um, the, 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 the A New Hope to uh the scooby-doo franchise i guess um yeah this is a five star again two five star movies on here this is incredible like i said i think this is this is my peak of scooby-doo i think it doesn't it it just doesn't get better than this it has everything i ever want in scooby-doo has all the characters are correct has a great mystery that involves through throughout it has scooby and shaggy eating the entire time um yeah incredible soundtrack tons of great songs and it's and again adrian kind of, barbeau with a new orleans accent with a new orleans accent um <laughs> mark hamill's in it hunting gators um yeah this movie rules scooby-doo on zombie island five stars and like you said I, I i didn't touch on it a lot but there is definitely a if not fulci an italian influence on this movie between oh, yeah. the zombies the gators um ghost pirates like there's there's a lot of this. Even how the zombies come out of the ground feels very Fulci zombie. So oh, uh, yeah. yeah, if you're listening to to Screams from the Basement as a straight up horror fan and not a Scooby Doo fan first, I I think both of us are like, yeah, this is the Scooby Doo thing to jump into. Oh yeah, I agree. I think like as far as personal favorites, which is Ghost edges this one it's out great. just yeah. barely. Um. But if I were to start someone on Scooby-Doo, someone who had never seen a Scooby-Doo thing before, I think I'd show them this movie. Mm. I really do. Like, I just, it's, Zombie Island is perfect. Yeah. It's it's the best gateway horror I think we've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. And it upsets me that because it's direct to video, we couldn't put it on a 90s list. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. <laughs> shout out Andy Heller, Fat Who Digs Flex, and Blake. I guess he can get a shout out too. Yeah. Hey, Blake. Hey, guys. Guess what? A Scooby Doo movie is making our 2000s list. Suck it. Yes, it is. Possibly right. two. <laughs> All right, Sam. Let's wrap this thing up. Scooby Doo 2002 and Scooby Doo on Zombie Island 1998. Um, if you uh, scream demons out there listening, uh, if you've seen these, let us let us know. Let us know your thoughts. Do you love? Obviously, both me and Sam have have made it no no secret that we are massive do heads and we love Scooby Doo. Um, su- super the best excited. franchise on the planet. Yeah, it's the best. It's something that um, I I just want to continue forever. It's it's like Mickey Mouse to me. Even more like Mickey's fine. I get it, but for me, like the, the animated icon is scooby-doo like he's 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 the guy he's this franchise is always going to be the one that i'm like i i just want this to continue forever and i think it it can yeah oh 100 100 you're never going to run out of 
stories to tell with characters like the nice thing about the original show is it's a very scarce blueprint Mm -hmm. you can do a lot of different things with it with the with the general concept of it and i think we've gotten some really inventive takes and i think we've gotten some not inventive takes and that's fine you know i'll take the good i'll take the good with the bad as long as they're still good you know i was i was just gonna say for me we've covered the 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 two ends of the scooby-doo spectrum in this because i think velma is is the worst thing scooby-doo has ever had whereas zombie island and the 2002 movie are the best that this franchise has had and we get everything in between and that I think that's the magic of of Scooby Doo is we can get every anything and everything in between all that. So, yeah, this won't be the only time on this show we're going to talk about Scooby Doo. That's for sure. But I think this is a great starting point for for that. Um, and thank God, film is over and we're done talking about that goddamn show. Yes. Um. Yeah. I don't have much to add to that. Scooby-Doo is just the best. Scooby-Doo rules. Sam, let's get to the plugs for this show. Let's get to the plugs. You can hey. subscribe. Yeah. Huh? Oh, sorry. What? I was just going to I was just going to say, Sam, if I wanted to subscribe to this podcast, where could I subscribe to? Okay, so you could subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and Anchor. Pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. Oh yeah, and we're on YouTube. We are on YouTube. We That's are cool. on YouTube. What if, if you I want uh... see our ugly mugs as yeah. we're talking about this stuff? <laughs> yeah, we're here. We're ugly. It happens. We've caught the ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ugly and I'm proud. <laughs> Look at it. Look at it. Somehow we're gonna figure out how to get SpongeBob on here. Okay, I have an idea, and we'll 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 slasher. I was just gonna say we're gonna do the hashling slasher episode of SpongeBob and the and there was Sean episode of Boy Meets World, and we're gonna do that as a double feature. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, Sam, I if I uh, if I wanted to, to 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 follow us on social media, where could I do that? Well, you could search "Screams from the Basement" on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh. I think we're just under Screams from the Basement Pod on uh, Instagram. Yep. And Facebook. Our Twitter yeah, and Facebook. And our Twitter handle, because Twitter handles are hard to come up with when you have a long podcast name, is SFTB Pod. <laughs> thanks, so, Elon. Yeah, thanks, Elon. <laughs> Well, that is it for uh, this episode of Screens for the Basement. Again, it's going to be a long one, but you only get these every two weeks, so deal with it, do-heads. Um, yeah, leave <laughs> us a comment on on any of the, the social platforms you can, or or even on uh, uh, Apple or, or, or Google. You can, I believe, leave comments on those, too. Maybe Spotify? Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. I don't know. Anyway, you, anyway, you can leave us a, a comment please do so or if you want to shoot us an email too send us an email at screams from the basement pod at gmail.com you can send us uh any questions comments concerns or topics you'd like us to cover down the road are you excited for a hash slinging slasher episode episode of screens from the basement because now i am yeah no kidding but uh sam this is it should we should we get to our sign off we should get to our sign off. Are we doing the sign off together like oh, we do the intro? Absolutely, we are doing yes. this together. So, for Screams right. from the Basement, I'm Casey. And I'm Sam. 
And thanks for thanks tuning for in. Tuning in. And, and sweet, sweet screams. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.